It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 It is currently 9:12 a.m. on Saturday, November 23rd. I'm your host, John Sock, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, best in the business, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. It's a, a lovely morning to be recording Ball Talk. You know, we got started a little late, had some uh, technological issues in the studio over here, but everything's all figured out. You know, all problems have been fixed, so we're good to go. These Saturday morning ones, though, it's now that college basketball is back, it's got me feeling like we need to start doing a little college football segment or something. It's hard to wake up on Saturday mornings and not immediately think I'm doing a big noon. All right, here's your college football segment. <laughs> Cincinnati Bearcats, national future national champions. Calling it uh, now. Not what even. Are the odds I can, what are the odds <laughs> I can even just get them in the playoff? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even think they're gonna get invited. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't want to do that. I mean, we could do that, but I'd really just like I don't know. We could talk about like this whole top twenty-five and the rankings and like the playoff committee, like. We'll talk about college football when the the align, realignment happens in the next couple of years. Yeah, because that's going to okay. change the whole face of the NCAA. I think they should do a twelve team playoff. I think they should do a sixty four team playoff from the first day of the season. Mm. I think every game is win or go home, or your season's done after yeah, game one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You should be able to lose zero games to be in your college football season. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, <laughs> today's episode is unfortunately not focusing on college football because I actually do really like this idea and I would love to talk it out sometime. (laughs) Winner go home college football season. Um, But we're going to actually talk about National Football League Mm -hmm. where uh, I got nothing. The men's league. I was going to make an amateurs joke. I I got nothing. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that wild taunting call in the uh, Chicago-Pittsburgh game. Be a little about uh, Kyler Murray, which conference is better and all that. And then we're going to do our Week 10 uh, bets and uh, best games. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it off. Last Monday night, we had our we had a really big controversy. Yeah. Uh, that was the softest ca- taunting call of the entire season so far on Cash's March. Yeah. Uh, he looked towards the other team's bench. Menacingly. Mm. I, I don't. No, I, 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 there have been a lot of calls uh, for this game being rigged and other stuff like that. So I went through it and, like, I don't know that I would go that far. Bears still covered, giving Pittsburgh the ball, getting, giving Pittsburgh that taunting call actually made it a lot more likely they were going to hit the over. Mm-hmm. Like, it just very much was at the point where, oh, if one, one more touchdown is going to get this over, that was just going to happen. Like, yeah. quite frankly, like, a taunting call wasn't going to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams, the team still hit the over. The Bears still covered also. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh won on the money line, I guess. In in theory, that could have, they, they, they could have covered if they scored on that drive. But I, look, I'm just going to say, this is the issue with the taunting call. It ruined yeah. a whole football game. Can you yeah. imagine if this happened in the Super Bowl? Yeah, no. that was one of the worst taunting calls I think we've seen all season for sure. Especially with the the hip check and whatnot from Tony Correnti, like that seemed so far out of line from an official to do in any sport in any situation. Like, 
even ice hockey where the guys are all on skates and grown men get into fist fights and it's literally allowed as part of the game. You don't see refs getting that physical with players often. So that seemed absolutely outrageous from Tony Carrenti. And then to go into the, the post game and say that obviously he had nothing to do with it. It was, it was about how Cassius Marsh was posturing towards the sideline. Like, are, are we serious right now? Like that's, that's really what we're going to get on for for grown men in the professional sports business where it's so, so difficult to even get a job in the NFL, let alone get on the field. He's playing against the team that cut him earlier this season and he makes a big play and looks at the guys who previously cut him, may have said some things about him, coaches who said he wasn't good enough. And now he's going to get hip checked by the referee and get a taunting call. Like that's seems like an absolutely outrageous from the NFL, not even to make any sort of statement or point about it or anything about Correnti. Like it seems very, very bad for the league. I can't believe that they came in and defended that call. So so much and didn't even so heavily check yeah it was disgusting (laughs) it's it's one of the it's one of the many reasons why i don't believe in like gambling thousands of thousands of dollars uh DraftKings sportsbook please sponsor us um (laughs) fandle please sponsor us uh gamble my life savings i don't believe in gambling a lot of money on sports because like every now and then things like this just happen Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, is it rigged? And there's like, in theory, there are better answers. In practical, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think this one was rigged. But just the idea that a ref can come in and completely change the flow of a game like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's why gambling on sports is so scary to me. Yeah. I mean, it's been... I'm looking for the numbers here and I'm sure somewhere you can find them, but as sports gambling does become more and more prominent around, especially the U S cause that's where a lot of this happens. Like I'm pretty sure over a billion dollars was gambled in New Jersey last month on sports book on sports books, like New York just got legalized. That's the taxes are going to be super high there on gambling wins, but either way, that's going to probably be another billion dollars a month, at least because it's the state of New York and they are going to make money with the amount of money that's being put onto games and sports and things like that. Now these type of calls and letting referees have so much leeway on these kind of ticky tack emotional sort of, just personal calls. Like there's not like a, a fine line for taunting. There's not a fine line for a lot of these pass interference holding. Like there's just whether the ref considers it to be on that play, a penalty or not. And that's going to have major implications for a lot of people all over the world, not only affecting the game and the players themselves, but the people putting their money and a lot of people putting a lot of too much money on the line these times. So for first and foremost, obviously be, be careful when gambling don't, throw money away on things that you have no control over like every single gamble (laughs) don't gamble money that you can't afford to lose Mm -hmm. i know uh mcafee has a a line where he says don't don't gamble enough to put you in another tax bracket than where you are right now either stay in the one you're at or potentially go up but don't ever put enough in there that you're going to go down and you know there's there's a lot of things with this taunting call that are a problem the gambling world is going to be very upset about it but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL continues to go about this because they are continuing to point a place of emphasis on taunting. And if this continues to be a problem throughout the second half of the season, I mean, the league is heating up. It's some of the closest races. We expect everything to go down to like the fourth quarter of the last weeks of the NFL to decide playoff positioning and things like that. And 
it's going to be, be very difficult if people are getting 15 yard penalties and automatic first downs for things like hip checks from the referees. <laughs> yes. Oh. But it was a good game, like a much better Monday night game than I would have, I expected from Chicago and Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, especially when the Ravens come out and play out, they play the absolute stinker of a game that was Thursday night football. Oh, oh my, my gosh. <laughs> like, no, no, you know what? I'm going to touch on that a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I first want to talk Cardinals. We'll, 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 yeah. get, we'll get to that. Oh my. I'm still just in disbelief. I want to talk to the Cardinals really quick. Because they beat the Niners handily behind the best backup in the league, Colt McCoy, throwing 22 for 26 for 250 yards and a touchdown. Wow, so Gardner Minshew just means nothing to you now. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, a friendship ended with Gardner. Colt McCoy, is, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy is my is my Colt McCoy is my Colt McCoy boy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question that I heard was, does this hurt Kyler Murray's MVP case? And I think it's an interesting question. And Chaz, I want to know your opinion on that. Um, personally, no, I really don't think it does. I understand that Colt McCoy and the Cardinals played well against uh, what is supposed to be a good Niners team, but the Niners haven't looked that good this year. I have some things that we could say about them later on, but I don't really think this affects Kyler Murray in any way, shape or form. He comes back and play continues to play the way he had been in the first eight weeks of the season. I think he'll continue to prove why he is in the top two, three MVP candidates this season. And, yeah, his players playing well when he's not there kind of just speaks to the level of the coaching staff and talent and the mentality of the building of the Cardinals. The a reason why I thought they would be such a good team this year is because I think up and down their 53-man roster, they got guys who are know to step in and come in and play well. And I don't think that really hurts their their leader in Kyler Murray and his MVP chance. I think all it does is, is make his odds better when he comes back because everyone knows that they're going to have to continue to play at their best because the Rams are loading up in that division. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't want. Well, I'll touch on the Rams in a little bit. Yeah, for the Murray thing, I, I'm with you. I don't think it hurts his case, but I will say he's supposed to be questionable for today, likely to play, uh, or questionable for tomorrow, or likely to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play, even if the Cardinals lose, that's gonna hurt M- Murray's MVP case, just because now you've missed two football games. Yeah, but. I, I I think if 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 Murray plays next game and he plays well, I think it's gonna be fine. If Colt McCoy plays and he plays well next game, <laughs> I think that will actually hurt Murray's case a lot, especially if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens continue to be dominant, but it looks like they won't be considering they just lost to the Dolphins. <laughs> like the best thing for Kyler Murray's MVP case is that no one else has an MVP case. Like yeah. nobody. Tom, I mean, so does Tom Brady almost have one? Maybe. Yeah. Derrick Henry's out for the season. Um, Josh Allen and the Bills lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not giving. They're, they're, that's not an MVP. Not my MVP. Matthew Stafford slinging the rock. We're not talking. <laughs> no. We're not talking about the Rams yet. We're not talking about the Rams. I had so much belief in this Rams team. And I just I I, I I said it at the start of the season. I don't know why there's look so so unimpressive, and then they continue to look unimpressive. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all I have to say is, look, Murray's MVP odds are the best because no one else has a case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Colt McCoy comes in and wins another football game, I think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury might win uh, Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean. 
Kyler Murray, especially because the NFL does seem to to like to give MVPs to young quarterbacks. Take a look at some of the the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson stuff, especially in kind of their breakout on the scene seasons. I think that's when they tend to get awards given to them. So it, it could definitely be a good year for Kyler Murray. And I, I do expect him to be back. It sounds like he'll be back against the Panthers. We have a pretty good defense, so it'll be interesting to see. The line in that game is pretty big, so we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But, yeah, I think this uh, this all this does is really bolster Cliff Kingsbury's Coach of the Year odds because he that team has looked like an absolute machine this entire season. Yeah, um, I'm fully with you. I'm lo- This Cardinals team – Mm-hmm. I'm loving this Cardinals team. You mentioned the Rams. Yeah. The Rams have came up a few times now. I I don't know how it happened, but the Tennessee Titans beat them without Derrick Henry. He dogged them. I was watching that game. And I was just in disbelief. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, I'm ready. I'm going to go. We're going to watch this. And we're going to get absolutely wrecked. Pick sixes, QB pressures, touchdowns, great punting. Um, mm-hmm. the Rams only scored one touchdown and were you listening to the announcers when that happened? They literally admitted to it being garbage time and a waste of time on the national broadcast. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. The Rams looked completely lost on offense against mm-hmm. the Titans defense. The entire first half, it looked like when the JV team scrimmages the varsity team, they couldn't do anything on offense the rams had nothing going on on offense by the second half they looked almost competent but they still couldn't get a touchdown i'm not counting mm-hmm. that as a touchdown i want you to understand that <laughs> like i was watching that i'm like are they really pushing like even the titans looked mad that this was still going on it's like we're I up mean... three scores mm-hmm. you haven't gotten a touchdown all game you have three minutes you cannot get enough touchdowns to make this game close you need two touchdowns and a field goal like piss off never over till it's over play that play that final whistle yeah the <laughs> titans just looked frustrated um mm-hmm. second half they looked almost competent and this is what i've been saying about the rams for a long time now they don't have that it factor i get that stafford is better than Goff. i believed in i believed that that was going to be enough for this roster to be elite mm-hmm. stafford is good cup is one of the best receivers in the league They've only played three good teams all season. Tampa Bay, Arizona, and Tennessee. Everyone else they've played is below .500 on the season. Mm-hmm. Everyone else. They beat Tampa without JPP and an injured Gronk. They lost by 17 to the Cardinals in Week 7, and they just got lit up by the Titans. They got Von Miller coming. O- OBJ just signed. I- I- people keep saying that this Rams team is like the Super Bowl favorites. I just don't see why. I don't see it. I mean, yes, I'm OBJ gonna... will help. It's not like receivers were their issue. They have Cooper Cup. <laughs> they have Robert Woods. Receivers are not their issue. Yeah, I mean, one thing that was definitely highlighted in that Tennessee game was the the O line and their blocking inside is going to need either some help or they're going to need to figure out some different schemes, protections to to work around dealing with guys pressuring through the middle because. Autry and, and Landry and Jeffrey Simmons were having the absolute day of their, their careers at this point. They were feasting all over the Rams O-line and they hadn't looked that bad this entire season, but it was one of their, their weaker points going into this year. Everybody knew that they're a little bit older, 
a little bit less talented than they had been in years past. And they're hopefully going to rely on Stafford just getting the ball out quickly and getting it out to his guys. And I think that's what Odell's really going to help them do. I think that's he's going to unlock a more of a quick game for them because Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Odell out there is an absolute monster trio of wide receivers to get open within the first second and a half of the snap. Like someone is going to have an ability to catch the ball. It's just going to be on Matt Stafford to see them and hit them. So that's something I believe he'll be able to do. And I do think this Ravs team is poised for a big run, but they are going to have a tough second half of the schedule. But having Vaughn Miller and Odell, like, I, I can't overstate how much I think that those two are insanely big pieces for them. Vaughn Miller hasn't even played a game for them, and he was already instrumental in bringing Odell to the team. Like That's almost enough from Vaughn Miller for what he's bringing you for the rest of the season anyway for me. So I think that they're, they're definitely going to be a big team. This Tennessee game was a bit of a flash in the pan. I think it's it's something that championship teams need to be reminded that, hey, like we're not invincible. We need to bring our best every single night. And I do still think the Rams are are definitely at the top of the Super Bowl favorites. They're they were a plus eight thirty five last time we did this a couple of weeks ago. They're down to like plus six sixty. So that that line's going to keep going lower and lower. And I think they're going to stay slinging it because Matthew Stafford is that guy. And I think you give him a couple of weeks with Odell to to add in a couple of new things to the offense. There's rumors Cam Akers might be back before the end of the season. Like that will be a huge piece for them. So. As long as this Rams team can can change a little bit in their protections and maybe some more running back blocking, I'm very, very confident in what they'll be able to do for the second half of the season and going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a very tough schedule the, way, the rest of the way out. They've got, it looks like they've got four good teams. They got uh, Green Bay in uh, two weeks. They got the Cardinals in four. Uh, mm-hmm. Ravens in seven weeks. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in three since apparently yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars are a good football team now and we shouldn't be writing off the Bills for losing to them. Yeah. Um, this Rams team is gonna ha- has a very easy schedule the rest of the way out. Let's just be completely honest about it. <laughs> not playing a lot of point five hundred teams. They still probably could secure... The thing is, if they don't beat the Cardinals, they're not getting the one seed, but they yeah. might have like the second most wins because right now they have the second most wins in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Cardinals are in one... Rams are seven and two. If they beat the Packers, yeah, they there's no reason that they should have. There's no reason they should lose more than two games. Like maybe they lose to the Cardinals, maybe they lose to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. There's no reason they shouldn't be the second, have the second most wins. That still makes them the fifth, the fifth, uh, the first wild card, which yeah. sucks. Road game in the playoffs. Road game in the playoffs. It's gonna be an interesting journey for the Rams. It feels like it's gonna be uphill. Mm-hmm. feels like they're going to be coming uphill in this. I I need to see more. And I've needed to see more for weeks, and I keep not seeing it. But then they keep adding more guys. I'm like, ah, I guess I need to see more. Um, I'm pretty confident in what they'll be able to do with their new pieces. I, I'm pretty pretty confident in what Sean McVay has going over there. They're a very well-run machine. Can I just give some love to the Titans, please? Yeah, yeah. Might as well. Not like we don't do it every week, but yeah, I know. I feel so bad, but like they kind of are the uh, look. They're kind of a great story, okay, man. I say completely mm-hmm. biased. They they lose Derrick Henry and then they beat the Super Bowl favorites. I I, I love it. I, the offense was good enough. That defense in Tennessee is absolutely insane. I don't know where this came from after those first four weeks where this team was completely lost on defense. They look like the worst defense in football for about four weeks. I mean, Kansas City was doing something over there, but yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> one of the worst defenses in football. But now they're just coming out there. I, I'd wager they're probably a top five defense right now. Yeah. At least by at least by the eye test. <laughs> they just have so many weapons on that deep on uh, in, weapons back there. There's no mm-hmm. real weakness in their defense. Somehow, they're pressuring <laughs> the QB running with a uh, with four men. They're not they're not they don't have to blitz to pressure the QB. I think they're leading the league in four man in pressure percentage for four man rushes. Yeah, that um, would be. Mm-hmm. Look, it's absolutely awesome to yeah. watch. Um. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way out. This was their last really tough game. They've got New England. Everyone else they're playing is pretty, pretty, pretty soft. Mm-hmm. If Tannehill can continue to be this not bad and the defense stays this legit, I think this Titans team has to be the favorites to be the first seed in the AFC. Especially considering Baltimore dropping that game last night. And just that they have an insane remaining schedule. There's no mm-hmm. other like awesome AFC talent. Everyone else has what four losses? I think there's a few with three. Hold up. In the AFC, yeah. I mean, the Bills have three. The Bills Chargers, have three, but they also Raiders. Fair enough. But... Um, fair enough. Titans. Titans have two more wins than everybody else, or yeah. two less losses. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I no, mean, the Ravens are only six and three. I take that back. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the Titans are are looking like a team that was definitely lauded by John to go fifteen and one, sixteen and one at the beginning of the season. They might honestly get to that fifteen and two at this point because they are looking like an absolute unit. I uh, I have to go find it because I'll take a look because I remember watching before we recorded our first football episode of the season, watching a, an ESPN clip where someone had said they thought the Tennessee Titans would be like a a sleeper team to potentially do well in the AFC and got absolutely clowned on tele- on national television, like completely eviscerated. It was just like the Titans. What are you thinking? What are you doing? I was like, yeah, I mean, the Titans are, are quite good this year. This defense is looking absolutely insane. I will say one of the things that I have grown to absolutely despise about the Titans, although I love the name is the fact that Janoris Jenkins is changing his name to apparently Jackrabbit Jenkins. And they say it literally every time he makes any type of play and I just, I just can't take it anymore. Like, just call him Jackrabbit, and I get it. But don't tell me every single time that he's changing his name because now at this point, we get it. I know, and it doesn't matter. And if someone needs to look it up, they will Google it. It's just, they, I don't know why they don't just call him Jenkins. Like, just, just, just call him by his last name. Is it that? Yeah, tough? But, we call LeBron James James sometimes. Okay. Yeah. You can call. You call Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins Jenkins. Come on. But yeah, this Tennessee team, I, I will say their offense did look a little bit obviously worse for wear without Derrick Henry against that Rams defense. Had their had the Tennessee defense not stepped up so well that had those interceptions within seconds of each other. Basically, I don't don't necessarily know that this game goes the way it does. But I'm happy to see what their defense was able to do. Kevin Byard has been absolutely outstanding for them this year. Like I'm pretty sure he's the number one ranked safety in the entire league this season. He has been a monster. And the fact that they're going to get Bud Dupree back soon to add into their linebacker core is something that is going to be really scary for a lot of AFC teams. This team definitely looks like they're they're one of the favorites for the first seed, especially after you talk about the Ravens dropping an absolute dud in Florida and the bills too. in Jacksonville last week, like the two other teams that most people were talking about at the top of the AFC 
absolutely laying eggs and the Titans coming out here and beating one of the best teams in the league. So yeah, they're poised to go on a, a great run in the second half of the season. It'll be big to see what Ryan Tannehill can keep doing without Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited. We'll talk about the matchup with the Saints a little later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they got New England in in three weeks. That that I guess is their last like that's their last game against a team that uh, is above point five hundred and hasn't or point five hundred or better and hasn't lost their starting QB. <laughs> I, look, all the talk of the Titans and the the Rams disappointing. Look, I think this is a great transition. I yeah. keep hearing people say that the AFC is better than the NFC, and I don't know that I agree. Yes, the AFC teams have more wins. There's more teams above point five hundred in the AFC. The AFC is a lot deeper than the NFC. But the top of the NFC is just so much better than the AFC, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you don't have... 11 teams don't go to the playoffs. <laughs> I don't... Oh, the AFC is better. Yeah, seven teams go to the playoffs. Yeah. Who's Who's got the better top four? That's more what I'm concerned about. Who's got the better top seven? Mm-hmm. I don't care about the top 11. You don't have that many teams in the playoffs. Look, the AFC is without a doubt deeper. They have two divisions where, going into this week, even today, even with Baltimore dropping an easy one, the entire mm-hmm. division is above .500 on the season. Yep. 11 of the 16 teams are above .500 right now. Meanwhile, the NFC has six teams alone. Six teams only above .500. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The AFC is way better top to bottom. But... Seven teams go to the playoffs. You you don't need seven. You don't need seven. You don't need eleven teams above point five hundred. Mm-hmm. You need seven. You want to say you're yeah. at a conference? That's my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your thirtieth. Your the, uh, every team, AFC better, NFC better. I want to know who's got the team that's more likely to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who's got more teams that are likely to go win this Super Bowl? And to me, that's the NFC by far. Pretty much. I look at one. best teams in the NFL. I, I think that I think that the top three Super Bowl favorites, all maybe even four honestly, are all in the mm-hmm. NFC. Yeah. Every, yeah. Top five, everyone except the Titans, pretty much is in the NFC for Super Bowl favorites. I think at this point, and yeah, I mean the AFC does have a the games are good. I guess it's competitive because everyone's pretty close. Everyone's pretty even. The, everyone stays around five hundred. But like you mentioned, there's no like real dominant teams in the AFC. I think that is what sets apart the NFC from the AFC because, like, yeah, it, it's easier to have 11 teams above .500 when there's no teams that are going out there and really just beating the brakes off of everybody every week. Like, sure, you have more competitive, closer games, but you look at some of the matchups versus some of what the NFC teams are doing to people, it's like, yeah, well, if you had to play the Cardinals twice already this season, you'd probably have two extra losses. Like if you had to play the Rams already at least once or twice this season, you'd have an extra loss. Same thing for the Packers, same thing for the Bucks. same thing for the Cowboys. So it's like in, when you look at the AFC, there's almost no team that you go into a game that you're afraid of. I mean, the Bills before this weekend was were the team to beat, and they got beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who didn't let them score a touchdown for the entire game. And like well, – never seen before from the the Jaguars his entire season Urban Meyer's first win on on US soil as an NFL head coach so it was definitely there's definitely a valid point about the AFC being deeper 
and having more competitive, interesting matchups for just pure football entertainment purposes. But if you're asking about which team, which division is better, which conference is better, it has to be the NFC. Like there's just so many more contenders and actual like talent and star matchups in the NFC. When the NFC battles, those are primetime games with the AFC battles. It could be nine to six. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this right now. I'm on a- azcentral.com power, powered by uh, Topeco Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. And they've got the Bills as the Super Bowl favorite still. Yeah. I, I don't know how you have the Bills as your Super Bowl favorite after they take a 9-6 to six butt kicking. <laughs> butt kicking. Yeah. To the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because look, I, I'm going to come out here and defend the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys got trounced by the Broncos. Dog. Absolutely obliterated. Here's the thing. I mean, they came out. I think it was the the owner, the GM came out and was like, yeah. The owner and the GM are the same person for that team. It Um, is Jerry. It's just Someone came, someone involved (laughs) with the team came out and was like, yeah, we walked into that game thinking we were going to win. It was a mistake. Never going to happen again. Our, Our own fault. And the Broncos proceeded to put down 30 points on them. You can't really flip a switch and put up 30 points like nothing against a team that has been firing on all cylinders for the first half because you walked in hungover. Mm-hmm. You don't get that same excuse when you lose 9-6. to six. You lose 9-6, to six, that is that is one touchdown. That was mm-hmm. a 6-6 game. Of, that was a 3-3 game for way too long, a 6-6 game for way too long. And then you lose 9-6. Yeah. to six. If you can't flip the switch to beat the worst team in the NFL with no wins on U.S. soil, I I'm not giving you that. I'm, I'm not going to give you that. If you go, you go and they put up thirty on you. Okay, fine. You can't claw back from that. It's not even a touchdown. It is a field mm-hmm. goal. You need one field goal to send it to <laughs> overtime. If if you could have gotten one more field goal, Bills, you would have been in overtime. If you could have gotten one touchdown, you would have won. Yeah. It, I, I don't, I, I am not giving, I've had questions about this Buffalo team. I've said them before on this podcast. I don't mm-hmm. know that I'm buying the offense. I, I'm very much, am, I, I'm out on the bills after this. Yeah, this was an I mean, outing loss for me. This was the loss that I see. And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I want off. I want off of Sean McDermott's wild ride. <laughs> I mean, I definitely had some, <clears throat> some things I said last year about McDermott and Dable that, uh, honestly, they are, I guess, better this year. Everyone seems to love them in Buffalo, but I don't necessarily get it 100%. I don't know why their jobs are as safe as they are. But, yeah, a loss like this to Jacksonville, the only reason I'm not out on the Bills is because I honestly barely watched any of this game. I mean, it was 9-6, to six and the Jacksonville Jaguars were playing. Like, I don't know why I would have watched a lot of it, especially James Robinson was out. So kind of just made this one a tough one to watch on a Sunday. But, yeah, like I don't know what happened with Stephon Diggs. Emmanuel Sanders was scoring touchdowns for fun at the beginning of the season, had absolutely nothing going today. So, like, how the Buffalo Bills managed to not get down the field and score any touchdowns against this Jaguars team makes absolutely no sense. And it just leads to the narrative of, like, how, how could you consider the AFC really better than the NFC when the supposedly top dogs in the AFC are losing to the worst teams in the league? Like, the – Nothing you could say about it. The Cowboys and the Dolphins were literally two of the worst teams in the league until they got wins in, in the past weekend. So, like, 
for for AFC teams to go into these matchups and then take L's, like, yeah, it can just be play a bad game against bad teams, but you got to beat bad teams to get good playoff positioning. And that's why no one in the AFC has good playoff positioning because no one could seem to beat bad teams or string together consistent wins. And those aren't signs of great teams. And Buffalo right now should be six and two. Yeah. They should be six and two and looking at a nice, nice top two seed. Obviously, it's not a buy anymore, but they should be competing for it. Mm-hmm. Look, they're going to go to the Jets today. They're going to put up 50 points and everyone's going to forget about it. I hope they put up 50 points. But that'll cash the over. They, they don't have a lot of tough games for the rest of their schedule. They've got a home game on a Monday night against New England. Uh, they got an away game in Tampa the next week. Rest of their mm-hmm. schedule looks pretty, pretty chill. Another game against New England. I just don't, I don't see it with this Bills team. And it just goes to say, I don't see it with any of these AFC teams. Mm-hmm. There, there's no AFC team that I'm looking at right now. And I'm like, this team could win a Super Bowl. This team looks like they're ready to win a Super Bowl. Kansas City has somehow climbed to be to have the same amount of wins, to be tied for wins for their division. Yep. After we said they were done and dead in the water. I don't trust the AFC West. There's no one in the AFC South until we see Derrick Henry come back. I love my Titans. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that they can go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it without Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. AFC East, I'm out on everybody. Mac Jones is not winning a Super Bowl his first year. Yeah, Bill Belichick might, though. <laughs> Fair enough. I, Josh Allen just I, I, looks wildly inconsistent to me. Maybe they'll lose defensive Miami player later. Week. later. I, and then Josh it, it Allen. takes me to the AFC North. Yeah. Baltimore just lost to Miami. Yeah, thought they were going to be the team that could flip the switch and go. Nope, and they've, they've been getting beaten by – they got they got, had tight games against the Lions – they had all kinds of games that were tighter than they should have been. Yes, they trounced the Chargers. I don't know. I haven't about seen that. that defense since then. <laughs> Not even once. Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland just just doesn't look good. They don't have yeah. that explosiveness to take it to the next level. Cincinnati then gets trounced by Cleveland. Yeah. They don't look like they have enough they don't look like they have the kind of weapons to consistently be great. So mm-hmm. what? It's Pittsburgh? Is Pittsburgh my AFC favorite right now? No way. No they might way. lose to the Lions this week on a short week. Oh, no. <laughs> I I would not be shocked at all at this point. This, at this point, that's what the AFC is. <laughs> this AFC, just, there's no one at it. I'm looking at it. Like, like Las Vegas still has a chance to get home, to get home, to get uh, home field. So yeah. just win their division. They've had to cut two of their players because of serious legal standard, scandals. And John Gruden is suing the NFL right now. John Gruden needs to go just crawl into a hole for a little while. <laughs> no, no, I'm on board with this suit. This was definitely, this is, there's definitely enough, definitely enough suspiciousness that you have to sue the NFL. And it yeah. might get the Washington football emails released. So that is enough for me. I def, definitely saw a quote that said it was a Soviet style assassination of character. God, that was awesome. <laughs> no, like, what did you just say, John Gruden? You, you said those things. Like, just what like kind the... of assassination of character? Like, oh no, the, the, oh no, it's the consequences of my own actions. And on, on, like, to add to that, just how, how, what world is John Gruden living in that A, Soviet Union even exists anymore? B, that's a for like that's a quote that you use. You refer to the Soviet style of 
like where are like it just shows this man is clearly still living in 1962 in his head like he's just all he's never left <laughs> and he's still uh, a 10 year old in the, he's still a 10 year old in the 60s um but yeah no, for the AFC, honestly at this point it looks like the only thing that's going to end up separating some of these teams is going to be the defense because all of these offensive seems to have a lot of questions the only reason i'm still rocking with the browns at this point is because i really do believe in their defense but yeah, it is going to be difficult for a lot of teams. That's I think that's what's going to separate guys in the second half of the season is is whose defense is really going to strap in and just like, well, look, our offense might only get 13 points, but guess what? We're only giving up six, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I think that's a great place to transition to our Week 10 preview and best bets because I think the best game of this week is Browns-Pats. Mm. I mean, Chiefs-Raiders also looks really good, but Browns-Pats, yeah. There's just all kinds of narratives going around on both sides. You know, OBJ and the Browns are OBJ. The the Browns are better without OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bill Belichick doesn't lose to the Browns. The last time the Browns beat the Patriots, Bill Belichick was their coach. <laughs> it, 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 it all this stuff. It just makes me think that this Browns team is gonna disappoint this week. I mean, I I, I think the Pats are gonna take this, but. Pats defense also has just been the Pats have also just been getting a ton of love, like a ton more love than I think that they should be. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination, but nothing about this team screams Super Bowl level team. The defense is nope. great, but the offense just isn't is not crazily impressive to me. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. No, I mean I I definitely haven't been blown away by the Patriots in any any way way shape or form on offense. Uh, Bill Belichick does have a bit of a history of doing that, though, on offense, not necessarily being the most flashy guy, but getting stuff done. And I think Mac Jones is doing a decent enough job at it. But we have seen in the this kind of middle, later part of the season, he is starting to get, it feels like, figured out a little bit more. Defenses are cluing in on the fact that, hey, he, he might just not throw the ball more than 25 yards for the entire game. And uh, I guess we don't have to worry about those passes anymore. You see a lot more underneath coverage, a lot more guys in the flats and in the short yardage games. So that way it slows down the Patriots way of just five yard gains every single play. I think this game will be a good one, especially because the Browns seem to be missing their entire running back room, except for Dearness Johnson again for COVID. It's okay. So He's it, running back in the league now, so it's fine. Yeah. So it will be a, an interesting matchup to see how they do against a Patriots traditionally very good defensive line, defensive front, but We'll see how they handle the run game with Dearness Johnson and Baker Mayfield. How much Baker Mayfield's able to sling it around against this Patriots defense will be interesting. Obviously, last week he had a couple big plays with Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jarvis Landry getting some touches, and he'll definitely need to, to throw the rock a little bit. But I'm excited for this game. I think it'll be a really good one. It'll be an AFC battle that I, I may be maybe taking the under on this one. I think this, this could be a slower game. Could be a more of a grounded pound in the Patriots themselves. I mean, they got two two running backs, up number one and two, and concussion protocol might not play this weekend either. So it'll be interesting to see how much of the run game is focused on these backup running backs, or if these coaches let their quarterbacks go out there and try to just sling the rock all over the yard. So what is that over under, by the way, you referenced? Um, I will get that up for you right here. The Patriots over under is at forty five right now. Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable taking that under. Yeah, like I don't it's 24-21. Wouldn't really expect anything more than that, even if that. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound I'm mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, that, that's a, that's an under I'm comfortable with. 
I'm kind of surprised that New England is favored in this game. Yeah, plus minus two and a half for the Patriots. They are at home, though. Minus two and a half? Last time I checked, it was one and a half. The line has gone to two and a half. I think wow. I was with the Chubb confirmation. That is um, that is shocking in my eyes. That is that is absolutely shocking. I, I absolutely shocking to me. I I'm, I'm wow. <laughs> I I I was gonna take Browns money line before. I'm feeling even more confident on it right now. Mm. Not because I'm thinking that the Browns are gonna win, just because I think that it's so very very likely. <laughs> I don't think this is like some oh I I'm I really want to put the line at zero. Yeah. Flat. I don't know who's gonna win. Flat. Mm-hmm. And here. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'll definitely have to. I would definitely take Browns plus two and a half in this one. Mostly on the like, like I said before, on the back of their defense. Like Miles Garrett should be back. Sounds like he'll be back. And if Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney are out there making back Jones life hell, then I do think that this will be a slow game. No matter what they do with their run game, with their pass game, I think Baker will be able to figure it out as long as they keep the Patriots' numbers low. Baker will have an, a couple extra points to give them, and and yeah, the Browns plus two and a half or the Browns money line. I'd be I'd be rather confident with this week, but I'll take the points just just for fun. Fair enough. Uh, the next <laughs> game that I want to talk about is Chiefs Raiders. Always a this, good one. The stakes on this are amazing. Always a good whoever one. wins is first or tied for first in the division, and loser is last. Yeah. Um, I mean maybe tied for last. Um, mm-hmm. the Raiders are at risk of having the wheels fall off, whereas the Chiefs have looked like garbage for a few weeks. Even even though they beat the Packers last week, that was just horrific. How do you only put up 13 points? Yeah, did not would not have won that game if Aaron Rodgers had played like even one drive. Literally, literally. <laughs> one drive would have scored them a touchdown, and they would have lost 14 to 13. Casey is favored by two and a half. Devin covered all season. Mm-hmm. So I think they're definitely going to cover today. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is probably the best game of the week, and I don't really want to bet on it because I'm just so there's so much chaos involved between the Raiders and the Chiefs. I don't know that I'd get on the betting for this game, but I mm-hmm. am going to be really interested interested to see how this plays out. If Kansas City wins, they're now leading the division. Does the narrative immediately flip that we were too fast to rule them out, or does the world take a second to realize that? Vegas looks like they're going to suck the rest of the season. The Chargers had like two really good wins they shouldn't have had. And Denver is just Denver. Was, had it won until they beat the Cowboys again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Raiders-Chiefs is obviously, I mean, one of my favorite games of the season. So the rivalry that goes back decades and they love playing against each other. It's always a very, very tightly contested matchup. Derek Carr, I think, takes it very personally when he plays against Patty Mahomes because he loves to throw the rock all over the yard. I expect this one to be a high-scoring affair. Personally, I, I will happily take the Raiders plus two and a half on this one, mostly because Kansas City is missing two offensive linemen. And we'll be starting a guy at right tackle who has not played right tackle this entire season. To be fair, it's like to be fair, they haven't <laughs> had a good O-line all season anyways. Yeah. is pressured every single drive anyways. Yeah, and to, to go up against Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe with a makeshift uh, – Defensive line does not sound like a good time for Kansas City, especially with Clyde Edwards-Lair still not out there. So I think that this is some a game that the Raiders should hope to win on the backs of their defense, but also offensively. I mean, Kansas City defense has not gotten much better. Yes, they kept the Packers to seven points, 
That was Jordan Love's first NFL game. They played single coverage against Devontae Adams the entire game. If you play center, single coverage, even against Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr will torch you. If you play single coverage against Deshaun Jackson, Derek Carr will torch you, and it will be a problem. So I think that this Chiefs defense will not be able to blitz six and seven all night long like they were able to before. They will get far less QB pressures on Derek Carr, and I think the Raiders should be able to pretty confidently dominate this game on both sides of the ball. But it will obviously be close. The Chiefs are an absolute unit, but I'm pretty confident in this Raiders team, and I do happily take them on the the plus two and a half, especially at home. That's fair. Uh, I want to look next game. Uh, it could be really fun, or it could just absolutely suck. Yeah. Saints Titans. Camara mm-hmm. is out. There was rumblings that he was going to be out, and he's out. Absolutely going to ruin my fantasy week. Abs- yeah. Titans have, come on, man. You should have told me. I, I would have told you. You know I'm listening to the Titans. I'm plugged in. Yeah. Um, right. Derrick Henry, obviously out. Mm-hmm. If the Saints lose, they're at risk of falling out the playoff race, as both the Falcons and Panthers will have a chance to tie the Saints with five mm-hmm. wins. Meanwhile, Tennessee is still trying to keep that first seed in the AFC locked up. It's just going to be a battle of crazy defenses. Uh, I really think it's going to come down to which defense can put up more points mm-hmm. or stop more fourth down conversions. Yeah, because I don't trust either of these offenses to go in there and get points and get create. Um, I don't trust mm-hmm. either of these offenses to go in and create a big uh, a big point, big points, big big drives, long drives. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely think that this will be a good game. Obviously, whenever two of the the southern teams in the U.S. play, the fan bases go crazy. It's one of the things I love watching about these guys go absolutely nuts for these games. So, I'm gonna I'm excited to see how Tennessee and the and the Houdat Nation from the Saints travels. It's gonna be a great game. Personally, I think the Titans will probably win this one. Alan Kamara not being out there is a massive loss for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if they score any points this game if their defense doesn't. Although, hopefully Taysom Hill will be featured in a a prominent uh, role all over the field because it sounds like he'll be back. So having him and Trevor Simeon, I mean, damn, they could line up in a wildcat and you don't even know which one's going to throw or which one's going to run or do anything. So it's going to be – I'm excited to see what Sean Payton comes up with. But Tennessee minus three with Alvin Kamara out seems like free money, especially with after what they just did to the Rams. But, hey, teams coming off big wins sometimes can have a letdown game. So this is one I probably won't be betting on, but I would lean towards Tennessee. I, I, I'm going to take that 44 and a half under, though. Yeah, I would I take that, that right say... to the bank. <laughs> I, I do not see 45 points getting scored in this game. 24-21 sounds unreachable for these guys. <laughs> sounds um, like more of a 13 to nine game. Like <laughs> being honest, it's... Uh, Falcons Cowboys, uh, another game I think could be really fun. Dallas is going to come down and torch the Falcons. I, I think they're really mad about this uh, Broncos game. Mm-hmm. The spread is ne- minus nine. I think Dallas can hit it. Uh, I just think the teams that get trounced, walk into a game expecting a win and just get absolutely shut down, are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. So I got Dallas on the spread for this one. Yeah, no, I think Dallas against the Falcons. Honestly, his Falcons team is rolling. I, I I would probably take Falcons plus nine on this just because I think they'll keep it close. But I, I am going to just stay away from this one. I think it'll be a big game for the Cowboys. Obviously, a bounce-back game. But uh, the Falcons look good. I mean, bet, way better than I thought they would. So hey, I've, got my, I've still got my Super Bowl bet on them. Yeah, no chance on that one. But they Not look like they might be able to win a game. <laughs> I'll take that. 
Um, and I mean, the game that I'm looking at for sure is this Packers Seahawks. I mean, Rogers and Wilson coming back right now. It sounds like I, yeah, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to watch that game. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, I wasn't as excited. Yeah. Give me these horrible defenses and these two QBs coming back from injury and illness. I'm just, I think this has a real chance to just be such a boring and bad game. <laughs> I'm not at all interested. I, I'm I mean, very interested. I'll watch I think it'll be it, great. Hmm? I do think that I think this will be a great game. Russell Wilson, whenever he comes back from injury, always seems to be playing at almost 100%. Like, I don't know how he recovers from surgery in four weeks, but hey, do your thing, Russ. You're an absolute monster. Aaron Rodgers coming off of the entire world hating him. I Googled Aaron Rodgers briefly right there just to make sure, like, hey, are we have any confirmation about his, uh, his status for Sunday? And the things that come up for Aaron Rodgers are the fact that apparently – the ACDC band and Big Bird are very upset with his COVID stance. So that that is where Aaron Rodgers' life is at right now. I'm excited for what he does with the Packers because whenever the world seems to turn on Aaron Rodgers, he comes out and shows why he is the top five quarterback of all time. So this should be a great one. I would take Packers minus three and a half. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'd take Packers minus three and a half. I'm with you there. Um, my then, last, last game that I want yeah. to talk about is pure betting pick. I don't want to watch this game whatsoever. I will because I have a problem, but <laughs> um, don't really, not really interested in it. Jacksonville Jaguars at Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Indianapolis is favored by ten and a half points. Yeah, Jacksonville just held Buffalo to six, <laughs> and the Colts have been the Colts. Yes, they've been putting up points, but if Jacksonville could hold Buffalo to six, I I think that they could. I think that they're not going to lose by ten and a half. I got Jacksonville on the spread with a lot of confidence in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, I would take the Colts in this one. I'm going to stay away from it because I think the spread is way too big for a Carson Wentz-led team. But, yeah, this is – if Jacksonville can play any type of defense the way they did against the Bills, they'll be an exciting team to watch for the rest of the season. But I don't know how much of that will be repeatable. I wonder if Josh Allen will continue to play like that when he's not playing against Josh Allen. <laughs> and then, that was awesome. Yeah. We had Josh, uh, Josh Allen all over Josh Allen. It was great. Yeah, the last one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, mostly just for me, is this Niners-Rams game on Monday night. Niners at home, literally still yet to win a game at home this entire season. There's already starting to be rumblings of, of Shanahan might be might have to go, and I don't know how they feel about that after the Trey Lance moves last year, but the Niners haven't won a game, it feels like, forever at home. Since last year, they got kicked out of their stadium during COVID. Maybe it is a curse. Maybe they need to burn the whole place down and build a new one. But this game for me will really just be a test. Like, are the Niners just dead? Do they stink? Or are the Rams, like, maybe more beatable than we know? That'll be the only thing I'm figuring out on Monday night. I The Rams are minus four, and I would lean towards the Rams because I do think the Niners are dead. But I will stay away from this and just watch it for the pure fan experience. Enjoy that pure fan experience. I don't think anyone else is going to enjoy it. Um <laughs> If the Rams don't win by at least two touchdowns, I'd be shocked. Totally mm-hmm. possible, but I would be shocked. I got the I'll, I'll comfortably take that Rams team. All right, you ready to close it up? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. This has been the Ball Talk Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. If you're watching this on YouTube or a podcast platform, please make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, all that. Everything you can do, it just helps us out. It's free. It's really easy. Um, until next time, thank you for tuning into Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. 
It's ball talk, baby. It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. Baby, baby, baby.